This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. <laughs> hello. Hey. This week we're talking about true romance. It's so romantic. Finally, true, a freaking chick flick we're watching here. Yeah. <laughs> this movie came out in 1993, directed by Tony Scott, written by Quentin Tarantino, starring Christian Slater. Slater. <laughs> Christian Slater. Slater. Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper. Get to uh, the chopper. There's tons of people. Gary Oldman, Brad Hopper. Pitt, Christopher Walken. Uh, quick cameos by Val Kilmer and Sam Jackson and James Gandolfini and whoever else is in this movie. Everybody's in this <laughs> I movie. I don't think they count as cameos since they were nobodies back then. Well, yeah. they got billing on this, so. <laughs> they got opening credits. Yeah, that's true. So. But, I mean, they weren't the superstars that they are now. Right. right. They weren't household names. Yeah, so we were watching this, and I was like, all I know is that Christian Slater's in it, and that's pretty much it. And that Quentin Tarantino wrote it. And the only, every single credit went by. I was like, oh, my God, they're in this? Oh, my God, they're in this? Yeah. it's pretty crazy. And then, yeah, like, Sam Jackson's in it for, like, half a second <laughs> and dies. Like, yeah, you can't, you, barely, you can't even see his face. Like, <laughs> you just hear his you, voice. Yeah, right? you, you can tell it's him just by hearing him, but, yeah, I don't think I could have, like, recognized him if I was just walking by. All right, uh, well, this is my pick. I have never seen this movie before. This is the first time I've ever seen it. I've always been told I need to see it. I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan, so I always you know, wanted to watch it. Um, I knew that it wasn't you know, his movie and the fact that he didn't direct it, but I knew it was his script. And, uh, yeah, pretty good movie. Uh, Alex, what's your history? Uh, I saw this a while back. I can't remember the reason why. I think I saw it, and I'm like, oh, let's just... And maybe I was flipping through the channels, like the cable channels. is like, oh, let's see what this is about. And I caught it right when it was starting. I'm like, holy shit, what's going on? Okay. Yeah. And Scott. Uh, I'd seen bits and pieces. I, I think I'd seen the, the entire final sequence before. Uh, but yeah, I never sat down to watch it from beginning to end. Uh, kind of in Jeff's boat, where... Felt like this is something that I should have seen. Also, being a, a Tarantino fan, and I mean, it's carved out a, a little space for itself in pop culture, anyway. Mm. Yeah, what's funny? The only thing I knew about this movie is not even from this movie. I thought there's that scene. For, I don't even know what movie it's from. Where Quentin Tarantino was talking about how Top Gun is the greatest movie ever to some guy. It yeah, was, I thought that was. I, I was waiting for that scene to happen. Yeah. I was like, oh, it must be a different movie. I thought this was this movie, and then he doesn't show up at all. That scene never happens. I was like, what the hell? And I looked it up, and it's from some other thing I don't even remember. But it was pretty funny. That thing I thought I knew, I didn't know. Yeah, um, I think Tony Scott would have put something in there about that. Yeah, that's what. Once I saw it was Tony yeah. Scott, I'm like, oh, it makes perfect sense why that's in this movie. But nope, <laughs> wasn't yeah. in it. All right. Well, as usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. I will go first, and I'll get this out of the way. The music <laughs> in this movie. So, first of all, I'll talk about, like, standouts. Like, Hans Zimmer is the music guy in this. This is, what, like, 
free, anything big. I mean, I guess maybe Lion King was before this or something, but I didn't is... know he he worked on big. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Um, the music just in some parts felt great, other parts just it was weird. And I know I, a lot of that like uh, steel drum music, and I think it's supposed to be you know leading toward what they're trying to get to at the end of the movie. But I just felt the music was weird in this. I didn't say I hate it; it just felt weird. And I know, and for coming from a Quentin Tarantino movie, which I know he didn't direct it, so he probably didn't, doesn't have choice in the music. It just felt, it was like his words and his kind of things going on, but not with music the way we're used to it in his movies. So it just felt weird yeah. to me. So that's my number seven. Alex. My number seven is also that happy theme song. I really like it because it, it's it's like standard fare for like a rom-com type of theme. It's all happy and bubbly and everything, and at first, <laughs> it, it's like stark visions of Detroit waking up and everything with the, the fire and the drum and other homeless people and then the the grimy city that it's in. And they always seem to start playing it when there's something kind of romantic, like, according to this movie, <laughs> in this movie's universe, it's romantic, but it's like also fucked up at the same time as like, Jeeva's age. Uh, and it, uh, yeah, you're right. The song doesn't make sense up until the the very end, right? Which is awesome. Yeah, I I, I agree. It uh, it's out of place. I don't I don't know that it would be appropriate for a romantic comedy though. I think so. I mean, if it was like Fifty First Dates, where it takes place in Hawaii <laughs> or something, yeah, or... maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess he's wearing that that ugly Hawaiian shirt for most of the movie, but yeah. All right, Scott, what's your number seven? Uh, number seven is just that it, it it's this is very Tarantino, early Tarantino. Uh, I'm I'm glad he kind of got this script out. He could kind of file down some of the rough edges because <laughs> not all of it is is great. Right. <laughs> so he, he was given the chance to to refine it. Uh, you know, obviously next in in Pulp Fiction. Um, so yeah, it just I, a lot of the the edgier stuff in this that that kind of works um or maybe works in spite of itself um some of it's just bizarre um and and the bizarreness i don't know how much of that is necessarily tarantino's script versus uh, tony scott and some of the actors mainly gary oldman uh, <laughs> yeah uh but yeah. uh the uh just the a lot of the dialogue um just his homage to the, the the not even kung fu movies in this case it was uh, the sony chiba uh, yeah those are karate movies god damn it <laughs> yeah the zatoichi or whatever um it, it, sorry is sony chiba the one that is in um is that hattori hanzo that, that in... is that is hattori hanzo that's what i thought kill bill, kill bill. okay uh but yeah it, it was interesting to be able to to like pick out the stuff that that was clearly like okay this is definitely tarantino and i, I don't think i would have had that that level of interest i don't know 15 years ago or definitely not in 1993 <laughs> yeah. so yeah that, that, that was interesting it's, it's like a kind of a time capsule right all right on to my number six and um i, I just want to call out the entire cast here and not not so much the mains like Patricia Arquette and um christian slater which i'll talk about a little more later but mm-hmm. like you said everybody else in this movie like from Brad Pitt being the stoner roommate to 
Christopher Walken, to, like you said, James Gandolfini, all those, I just thought, pretty awesome. Um, Rappaport as his buddy in, in L.A. Uh, it's really cool. I just, I really dug the cast. Um, maybe just because this is a movie from the 90s, which I still think I live in the 90s sometimes. <laughs> uh, and like I said, it was before they were big, I was looking like, oh, wow, Brad Pitt's in this? And this is, yeah, like this is, I mean, he'd been in like Thelma and Louise and stuff, but he still hadn't been... Yeah, he wasn't Brad Pitt. He wasn't Brad Pitt. Yeah. I, I think even some of the 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 other less famous but still recognizable actors are great here. Some the ones that get more of the screen time. Um, mm-hmm. Bronson Pinchot is really yeah. good here, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Saul Rubinick uh, is is great. Yeah, as as the 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 Hollywood producer analog. Who is? What else is he from? Uh, Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> So he's he's been a ton of things. He looked Um, super familiar. uh, Did you Warehouse Thirteen? Warehouse Thirteen, yes. Uh, (laughs) Have you seen Unforgiven? Yeah, but once a long time ago. So yeah, he's really good in that. He's the uh, the biographer. Um, He is in uh, most recently the Hunters on Amazon. I don't know if you watched that. Nope. All okay. right. Well, I guess I don't know. We'll have to look him up. But uh, Chris Penn was really good in this too. Um, is that his name? Chris Penn. Yeah, Chris Penn yeah. and Sizemore. Yeah, and Sizemore. And Sizemore. I, it took me a second to figure out it was Sizemore. I only got what I got it, and only because I saw his name in the credits. Who does that look like? It was uh, uh, the 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 police chief was was great too. That's uh, I think it was. Oh uh, yeah. It was. Uh, oh yeah. I recognized him, but I didn't know what his name is. Ed Louder, I think it was, but. Um, Anyway. What? I can't hear you. Hey, Lauda. Um, yeah, also like the uh, the, the super Sicilian uh, hit guy. He's from a bunch of like, HBO shows. Right? He was like on Entourage and he's in The Wire. And the, Did you guys watch The Wire or no? Cincinnati. He was? Yeah. I, Wire's on my list of things that I should have. Uh watched a long time he's in ago. season two he's a kind of a main guy in season two uh, but yeah he's that that guy is definitely one of that guy's like <laughs> he always shows yeah. up in a smaller role yeah, yeah. oh yeah right. entourage he has that heart attack <laughs> yeah he's like the big like uh warner brothers studio executive and because vince doesn't want to do aquaman 2 he just decides to destroy him and everything right and then yeah then he has a heart attack playing golf spoiler alert mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah that was pretty cool all the cast was great so uh, Alex number six number six is <laughs> I've never seen anybody get so many weapons ready at the same times in one scene aside from Commando at the beach <laughs> the Sicilians are, are in the hotel room just getting a shitload of guns ready <laughs> See, that scene looked like it, was, it went on forever it felt like it it was awesome Everybody's cocking shotguns, loading stuff up, checking themselves out in the mirror, combing hair. Badass. So I had a question about that, the, uh, those guys. So they they obviously found out uh, where he was, that he was in L.A., and that they send over Tony Soprano. But mm-hmm. and then we know what happened to him. Were they there, too, or did they just come back later? Did they? I thought they came back later. Yeah, I guess they just, just would like, come later. Yeah, Gandolfini okay. hasn't checked in. Let's go see what's up. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Scott, number six. 
Okay. Number six is so many weird choices in this movie. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, so almost jarring at points. Uh, just a little bit of everything. Some of the directorial choices, some of the music, uh, some of the acting, <laughs> uh, some of the, the, the dialogue. Um, so yeah, it's just all over the place. Again, the xylophone, I think it was just super weird. Uh, I mean, I kind of liked it, uh, but, but it was weird to, to have it underscore everything that's going on outside of the, the action scenes. Mm-hmm. The the roller coaster scene went on for like three minutes too long. I don't, I don't think we need to see the whole ride. <laughs> it, they didn't it was, show the whole ride because I know that I know that's Viper. I've been on that thing a million yeah, times. Yeah, yeah it was Viper. Uh-huh. <laughs> they showed like half the ride. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it felt like they threw it in there to to like liven things up, but it's a roller coaster, so. <laughs> I don't know if that was it was strictly necessary. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, uh, the Elvis thing, which I have more to talk about later, um, is, is weird. Um, just yeah, that, the that way. Elvis, it, good. Uh, it just seemed like they they cut out a bunch of that Elvis stuff. Uh, I, I I didn't get that impression. I mean, I, I might have no, liked I, to have seen more, but I, I didn't get yeah. that impression. Um, mm. Like just the the way everybody like. The two of them, anyways, uh, Slater and Arquette, just the way that they dress for the whole movie. Uh, the, um, you know, some of the quirkier stuff I enjoyed, like they bone in the, the phone booth on the side of the road and he has to stand on the, the phone books. Uh, thought that <laughs> thought that was uh, uh, a clever little uh, gag. Uh, well, that's just logical. I mean,. Physics, yeah, just just that. The <laughs> of course, Carrie Oldman, <laughs> which I almost feel like we should do a whole episode on on Gary Oldman's character in this movie. Yeah, Drexler. Um, yeah, so this, what this is, is a Drexler? Yeah, Drexel. Um, this this is uh, pretty much the only thing, the only thing on my list where I'm really going to talk about him. So I'll I'll save. More on him. I'm assuming you guys have something else to say <laughs> mm-hmm. about him. Put it on your list. Um, yeah, just just so many weird things and and the way it's all kind of cut together. Um, it, what about the beginning of the movie in the bar? And... Yeah, it was that was weird that they had the the woman that looked almost exactly like Arquette. Yeah. That's what it confused me. I thought she, she turned him down and then she was the one that showed up to meet him at the movie theater. Like, that's <laughs> what I thought. Like I was, cause I didn't know. Uh, I just, you know, she looked similar enough. I wasn't paying that close attention. So when she showed up, like, Oh, she was going to go meet him at the theater. And then like, it just thought that it was where they looked so much like her. I, I was trying to figure out why they, they did that. Uh, He's got a type. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing I could think of is that, they were trying to show that that like she's exactly his his type like, like even even the way she's dressed is is like yeah. what he's looking for, um, you know. And that, that has, I'm not I'm not going to say that she uh, or that, that he's looking for someone who's dressed provocatively, but just that like the leopard print and <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's what that's his jam, I guess. Um, and it, 
is it Slater or is it Tony Scott? Because they both also look like Kelly McGillis and Meg Ryan in Top Gun. Too. That like, is kind of true. Yeah, they kind of have the <laughs> short, the short blonde. blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah but <laughs> you you might be honest. Uh, well, better than feet. And I don't know if you guys have like the, one of the love scenes on there, which was pretty much take my breath away from Top Gun. The way it was. Flies. It fucking was. Yes, I was thinking. <laughs> the silhouettes and... Yeah. Thank, thank you for bringing that up, Jeff. I, I was thinking it at the time and I forgot to write it down. Uh, yeah. It's just like he, he's, his apartment's like behind that sign. Like it's just, yeah, just lit blue. At least, at least this time it made sense that it's blue because like the sign. Whereas like Top Gun, there's no. Uh, the blue moon. It's how they the just ocean. Like film that scene. Yeah, it's the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Laura and I were watching. I'm like, this is like the exact same scene from Top Gun. Like, it's exactly the same. I thought just it was kind of weird music. that she was like licking his like belly button hair. Like, that's what it looked like. That was. <laughs> anyway, she likes that lint. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Got to clean somehow. Um, yeah, I, 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 I could go on but yeah just a lot of weird stuff that but I, I think is overall good uh it, ma- it makes this like kind of a i don't i don't necessarily say unique but uh, a different kind of watch so all right um on to my number five and this is where i'm going to single out the two main leads with patricia arquette and christian slater I don't normally like Christian Slater. He was tolerable for me in this movie, so I think that's a good <laughs> wow. sign. Fuck me, oh. he cleared it. Oh, I could say I liked him. I don't think he was great, but I liked him in this. And then I thought she was uh, really good. Some of her scenes, some of them were weird choices, but for the most part, I really liked her character in this. Um, just that spunky, whatever she was, it bubbly. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it worked for the, for this movie. So, I wanted to call them out separate from the rest of the cast cuz I thought they did a good job in this movie. Yeah, like I I like the two of them together. Mm-hmm. Um I have some problems with his character, which I'll get to in a minute. Okay. All right, uh Alex number 5. My number 5, it's the the so romantic scene, which was great. Cuz that one the first time I watched this movie, that one threw me for a loop, and it's the first thing first scene I think of when I think of this movie. As he's just come back from Dre- Drexler, Drexler, Drexel's class, Drexel's, yeah, he just comes back from uh, spoiler alert, killing the shit out of him, uh, and he's got, <laughs> I love that he's got burgers and everything. He brought food, and he goes, yeah, kill him a man makes hunger makes you hungry, uh, and then like Patricia Arquette, Alabama, she starts crying and everything and sobbing, and. I was thinking, the first time I watched this movie, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, oh my gosh, does she have some psychological involvement? Something, you know, finally cracked in her. She's, like, devastated. And he's angry, saying, what, that, don't waste your tears on that piece of shit? And it's like, that's not what it is at all. <laughs> she just says, that was so romantic, what you did for me, killing all those people and getting my stuff back. Turns out it wasn't her stuff. <laughs> I was just going to say, it wasn't her stuff. Yeah. All right. Scott, number five. Uh, number five is like Clarence's character in the first half to the second half is almost like a completely different. Like he he gets a little nerdy when he when he's talking to the uh, to the movie producer, but otherwise he all of a sudden he, he goes from this nerd like semi psychotic nerd uh, to the super slick like 
con man all of a sudden. And it's just kind of the switch that gets thrown on in the middle of the movie. Um, I, I yeah, think, he went from like Quentin Tarantino, like this guy yes. who knew everything about movies, cinephile, comic book <laughs> guy, to like now he's George Clooney by the end of the movie or something. Yeah, or, yeah. He, all of a sudden he, he's like, he becomes super streetwise. And I get mm. it, he's smart. So like maybe that that explains some of the his motivation here or some of his actions. Um but yeah, it just it, it didn't make sense to me. Like all of a sudden, uh, that that he would become that way, um, and he he, he does basically kind of defend himself mostly in that scene with with Drexel. Um, although he goes there intending to kill him, sort of like it. it, it, it they they kind of leave it up in the air, like what he really wanted to do when he got there. Uh, maybe he was hoping to be provoked. Uh, but, I think so. Yeah, but he... Uh, and then all of a sudden, yeah, they're, they're in L.A. And he's, like, talking his way into everything and around everything. And yeah, it didn't, didn't make sense to me. I think uh, he he does a good job, Slater does a good job, um, of, of the two different characters he's playing in this movie. Uh, but uh, I, I, I definitely liked him more when he... Cause, he would do like kind of Elvis thing kind of in and out. Um, and I, I think I would have liked to have seen that a little more, like a little more like low wattage Elvis. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, I think um, overall he, he did do a good job, but it, but it was weird that, yeah, he goes from video store clerk to, to like, I don't say criminal mastermind, but uh, definitely criminal ahead of the curve. Yeah, and I will say at the beginning when he did confront him, whether he did it or not, he was like, he was so I was so mad at him that he brought his wallet and his ID. If you're gonna go and you have this thing and you're trying to protect the girl, like don't yeah, give that's, him a calling yeah. card. Yeah, that's the other thing. He's like so cagey for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and then he's like a complete idiot in that first. Yeah, yeah, it didn't yeah. make much sense. Yeah, where he learned learned his lesson. Yeah, actually, it, he never finds out. Yeah, at some point, you think he would have noticed that he lost his ID, and he would have been like, oh shit. Well, no, he handed it to him. Then he's then all that shit happened. Well, not had it. They took it from him, and they're. But I'm saying, first of all, he shouldn't have went with his wallet. Period. Like, you should, if you're going to go yeah, do something like right, that, right, right. <laughs> but, but they did. Kids, take it if out. listening at home, if you're going to murder somebody, leave your personal ID behind. <laughs> yes, uh, Scott at Gmail That's bring Jeff. Your t- I'm, I'm, bring... I'm just, I'm just distilling down what Jeff's saying. Yeah, and bring your fingertips off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. Like, I get why. Why he would have left it there initially because he was freaked out and he just wanted to get out of there, but there would have been some point where he'd have been like, "Oh, fuck! Like I know where it is." Um, I guess the whole cop thing, like his dad checks up on him, they they don't find it that he thought he was in the clear. I, I don't know. It just it, it just didn't seem yeah. like he put two and two together there when he really should have. Yeah. Especially after the mob dude shows up. Mm-hmm. Louis, speaking of him being a nerd, he asked her if she wants to read Spider-Man number one. Now. Was that number one? Well, first of all, Spider-Man doesn't appear first and he appears in Amazing Fantasy. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Whatever, so. Amazing Stories, Fantastic, whatever. Yeah, I think it's Amazing Fantasy 15 or whatever it is, but. That wasn't it. If that's what he was showing, or maybe if it's maybe it was Spider Man number one, but not the first one, because I actually I've digitally downloaded that one. Mm. Not that I. If, if I, he was all a, the originals, I've downloaded. Like, 
Because I can't afford the real one, obviously. If it, yeah. If it was authentic, he would have just been thumbing through it in the middle of the story like that. Exactly. Yeah. And, no uh, way. They're actually all pretty bad, the first one. Spider-Man one's not that bad. That, that's where you actually get the whole, uh, with power comes great responsibility. That actually happens in that first episode. But, like, the first Superman, uh, what is it? Um, Man of Steel. No, it's... Um, Jesus. Detective stories. Action Detective comics. comics. Action comics, number one. It's just as much of his previously comic strips from the newspaper that they just pasted together and made a comic book out of it. So there's not <laughs> one coherent story. It's it's so weird. Um, anyway, talking about being a nerd. All right, my number four is the, uh, the Tony Soprano, Patricia Arquette scene. When he, you know, he tracks him yeah. down, he's sitting there with the shotgun and starts whooping on her and she won't give in and betray him and she starts beating the crap out of her and when she finally gets her comeuppance. But like, he was like, wait, it's under the bed, huh? God damn it. I should have, why didn't I look under the bed? Yeah. That whole thing. And I was brutal. And I, I really liked it. Like the first couple of times she does something like she, you know, reaching for the cork and he, that didn't, the corkscrew, that didn't really work. And then. Later on, hitting him with the vase that didn't work, but I know it's all always the that. top of the t- it's always the toilet seat cover. Oh, that's God. the that's the fucking worst. Is it me? Is like blunt trauma worse? I cringe more from big blunt drama than I do from like a stabbing or a shot to the face. Yeah, it depends. I, I I've definitely always do. I've always been like that. Oh, Braveheart when he smashed caves that guy's face in with the big oh, well that because he actually caves in his head. I know, but they also stab a bunch of guy, and he cut people's throats in that night. That doesn't bother me as much as like the big. Anyway, it was a cool scene, and just her dealing with it. And the makeup was iffy. At some point, she had like a big fat lip, and it was all like messed up. Other times, it wasn't. Even in that same scene, let alone later on when she has like the Elvis glasses on to hide her scars <laughs> yeah. from her basketball injuries. <laughs> yeah, oh, Rappaport. <laughs> really, you got those from basketball? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how much James Gandolfini acted before Soprano. Uh, you know, you got Tony Sopranos, but this is where like he's—that's only his really main scene, and he's really good in that. Like yeah. that, and then yeah. also when he's talking to Brad Pitt for a little bit. But you can see how he they, he got that role and how he made it so awesome. And Sopranos. Anyway, that's my number four, Alex. My number four is uh, the Dennis Hopper scene. What a great dad! It's my number three, yeah, yeah, fucking and a racist, yeah, <laughs> both of them. It's so tense. Uh, I love. It. I'm not gonna talk much about it. I'll let you talk about it more, Jeff. But I really like that that turn when uh, Dennis Hopper. I forget the dad's name, but he he realizes that he's not gonna get out of this. <laughs> you know, this is this is it for him. So he asks for the for the cigar. He's like, "Can I get one of those right now?" It's like, "Yeah, sure." That was yeah, awesome. I, he, he was really good, and Christopher Walken was really good in it too. Yeah. This is this is scary Walken, not oh hell yeah, <laughs> not whatever Walken we have these days. Not uh, Captain Hook Walken from the TV's Peter Pan. <laughs> oh god, that's scary too, but for a totally different reason. <laughs> the, the Continental, yeah, it was not Continental Walken. Um, all right, then uh, Scott number four. Uh, number four is the, the Sicilian scene. Um, yeah, this is a great turn by by both actors, mm-hmm. uh, both veteran actors, kind of kind of bringing their their weight here. Um, 
so you can tell this is very very Tarantino. Yes, you can. Uh, it it is a little. I, I it was a little cringy, um, yeah. but just the the acting on display, um, so good here. Uh, the underlying you know tension, like Alex pointed out, um, and then uh, just walking at the end of it that. The best part of that whole scene was just, I haven't killed anybody since 1980-whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like, that was fucking great. Like, he finally, he, like, provoked him enough. Um. <laughs> and I like the little guy who didn't speak and He's like, what the hell happened? Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, that, that, that sequence is definitely a standout and also cringy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Very much so. Um, right, well, that's my number three as well. My number three... Not much to add, just that Walken and Hopper. I would say these are guys that in later stuff that I've watched have been haven't been they're more like shadows of themselves and they're in there for the paycheck and just being whatever. But this is kind of toward the end of that for them. I mean they were much bigger, at least Hopper, you know, better in the seventies and stuff, right? But he's really good in this and then Walken just before he became a caricature and um Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Dennis Hopper. This and King Bowser. Best roles. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speed. Yeah, yeah. Speed also. Because I'm smart, Jack. I'm smart. <laughs> Tell that wildcat. Keep her eyes on the road. <laughs> Gotta stop the Wait, bomb from becoming. <laughs> I do like the, the Sicilians. We were very polite when they were beating the shit out of them. They're, they always punch him in the face and then, oh, here's, you know, here's the napkin or, or a handkerchief. <laughs> Killing yourself up. A, they knife his hand. They immediately give him like a blanket. Or not a blanket, but a, a hand towel or whatever. In order to soak it up and stuff. They're very nice. Very polite interrogators. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know. I mean, this is back with Walken and like uh, Tarantino. Like, a lot of these guys later on show up more. Is this where he met all these people? Do you think like so? I was reading the trivia, and it said that he was not there on set. Okay, so but he could be at like parties and, and... right. You know, he definitely. You're right. He definitely could have met all these people, but mm-hmm. it, it 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 wasn't forged through actually working on the movie. Yeah, maybe he just saw yeah the final product, True Romance, and Tarantino's like, you know what? Maybe I should put more of these guys in my movies. Yeah, because within Walken, Sam Jackson, Brad Pitt. Uh, no, I was missing a couple others that would pop. Oh, he's one. He's he's a character. Uh, well, Chris Penn. Oh, did the Reservoir Dogs come out before this or after this? I think it was after uh, this. Yeah, I think it was shortly after this, right? I'll look it up. Anyway, that was my number three. Alex, what's your number three? My number three is Clarence in Alabama. Uh, yeah, it was it was a great couple. They had great chemistry throughout the whole movie. Uh, you believe that they were really earnest and honest with each other. Uh, they weren't uh, always. They weren't, you know, conniving or anything like that. I like how every once in a while, when they're apart, <laughs> they freak out like a lot and everything. But once they're together, oh, that stuff that happened, like especially after the Gandolfini beatdown, uh, is it's very traumatic. She goes like postal bananas but like maybe like an hour 45 minutes later when she's getting cleaned up eh, it was it was like nothing happened yeah they're 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 definitely both uh a little sociopathic Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, but it seems like when they're apart, they're a, bit, a little bit more chaotic than they usually are. And when they're together, everything's right in the world. And the xylophone plays. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Reservoir Dogs came out before this. Okay. Oh, really? It was released before. You never know when these things are actually made, right? But and they're all within a quick time. It was like Reservoir Dogs, True Romance, 92, 93, 94 is Pulp Fiction. Natural Born Killers, Four Rooms, Dust Till Dawn, all 94 through 96. So, kind of blew up. All right, Scott, number three. All right, number three is the the Honeymoon Suite fight. Uh, it, on a visceral level, it definitely works. It, it, as you guys mentioned, it's, it's very brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like that in the end, she, she saves herself. Um, I thought that that was yeah. actually really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of don't like how they shot the whole thing. Um, like all of a sudden, at least the editing, her top is off. Um, like, Whoa, I missed that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like her dress or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it just they 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 made her like it felt unnecessary. Like I, I don't think it added anything to it, um, other than just to make it more gratuitous, like more exploitive. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to, to articulate this. Like, she could have kept a lot more of her clothing, I guess. Um, my, nah. <laughs> my, 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 my only other complaint is the when when she gets tossed into the the bathtub. And she starts laughing at him because he looks ridiculous. I thought that was weird. Like, that was a weird line and a weird delivery and a weird reaction for a normal person to have. Um, I mean, they're all psycho, well, I guess. But, yeah, she's not So normal. maybe throw that. Well, I mean, and Gandolfini, too. Um, yeah. But that was kind of a weird thing for, like, her to say and him to, to like, take seriously. Like, it was just... It kind of took me out of the whole thing. Um, and finally, I, I, I also... You guys mentioned how, how good Gandafini is there. He's you know, menacing, but he, he's got that smile, but none of it's going on in his eyes. Like Just uh, really good stuff in that, that speech that he gives about killing people like the first time and then after that. And, uh, yeah, o- overall some good stuff, but again, it felt a little too exploitative. All right, fair enough. Uh, my number two is the scene with what are we calling him? Drexler, Drexel, mm-hmm. Drexel, Gary Oldman. Yeah, um, that's where this movie kind of you don't really know. Yeah, it's just is some nerd who's gonna. I, you don't know where the movie's going really. Like, is this gonna be a violent movie? I, I don't know. And then <laughs> is this, this gonna be happens. milk money? <laughs> and that, and this is a. I didn't know it was from this movie, but <clears throat> I had seen this scene before with Gary Oldman dressed up as whatever he's dressed up as there's Rastafarian or whatever the hell he's doing. And then the lamp going back and forth. I had seen that scene before. I didn't know it was from this movie. Um, pretty cool going back and forth and then him. Yeah. Gary Oldman doing whatever he's doing. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, then he blows him away. Yeah, I, I did like them swinging the lamp back and forth. Well, that was really cool. Yeah. And uh, the only thing I did like about it was, yeah, like, first of all, why'd you bring your wallet? Second of all, why did you leave your ID? But, whatever but it was a really cool scene i liked it alex number two my number two is i like the way this movie is balanced in in uh 
like in uh, what was in that themes, but uh, the the feeling and the emotion, the humor, the tension, uh, all the gratuitous violence. I thought it was balanced for for me, anyways, very well. Um, I really liked it. Uh, it it really accentuated all the crazy characters that they had, like at every turn. Nobody was just like a baseline, like normal. Everybody had had something weird going on. Yeah, it's definitely the the Tarantino heightened reality for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I want to say like yeah, he does it better in later movies, but then more recently, he's done it. I didn't like it as much. Like, uh, what's the one the the eight angry assholes, <laughs> hateful eight. <laughs> eight, eight angry assholes. Yeah, I think. I think, I think that's that the porn the, parody. Uh, I think that was the Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I've only seen that movie once. I did not care for it that much. So, um, But I have to be fair, most Quentin Tarantino movies I didn't like the first time I watched them again. I liked them. I should watch it again. But that one, not so much. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Django either. There's moments in that movie that I think are great. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed Django. Um I was going to say the hateful eight. I also enjoyed, but yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Like not on that same level. Um, I have not seen once upon a time in Hollywood yet. Yeah. That one I did like that one. I, I've only seen it once though, but I would say I, it was more the, the, the blend like Alex was talking about the humor and the violence and the, the love and all, all that stuff. I thought is better in that one than this one, but then the previous, but this did a pretty good job. You tell like, you got better, I think, with like Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill and and Glorious Bastards. Anyway, I'm done talking. Mm-hmm. Scott, number two. <laughs> number two. Uh, I just want to say that that Val Kilmer as Elvis is fucking inspired. I I I thought that was my favorite thing about this whole movie. Uh, I I could tell it was him right away. I don't know that I necessarily would have been able to to tell right away if, if I hadn't you know watched the opening credits yeah. um, as soon as we, we thought it was talking. Brad Pitt because we saw that name in the credits so we thought it was Brad Pitt uh, at first but uh yeah just is it only in two scenes yeah. it's only that scene toward the beginning and then the one toward the end yeah is that it yeah but I, yeah. I want to see more Elvis huh? and credited as it, mentor for legal reasons Tony Scott said, give me that guy from Top Secret. He's my eldest. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, not from Top Gun, though. Nope. Uh, <laughs> he forgot he was in Top Gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... Yeah, it's just, I, don't, I don't know why. It, he, he's doing... Uh, doing enough character work there as Elvis. <laughs> and then you never see his face. Um, and just the the back and forth dialogue, I, I, both those scenes were were great. I, I kind of wish there was one or two more scenes with them, like maybe yeah. one in the middle to kind of tie things all together um, or connect things together better, I guess. Uh, but yeah, just how cameras Elvis and you never see his face is is an inspired choice all the way around. Mm-hmm. No, wait a minute. Imagine. I blew it. Anyway, <laughs> White Earp and Doc Holliday both do pretty good Elvises. That's true. I was yeah. I was thinking about uh, 
I gotta see Virgil. I want to see what's his. If you can do the all the Wyatt brothers, you got a Bill Paxton, Elvis, but more impressive. I want to see a Virgil do it. An Elvis. We could we could watch uh, Three Thousand Miles to Graceland. No, we don't have to. I've seen it once. <laughs> Alex, put it on your list. I can't. Sure, you can. I'm on the bench for one year. For one year. That's only that's only what uh, fifty two episodes. I I know how many weeks are in a year. Mm-hmm. All right, the chin, Val Kilmer, or mm. Jesus, why can't I think of his name? Kurt Russell, Jesus who's the better Russell, Elvis? Probably. Uh, it's probably Bruce Campbell. Uh, yeah, I I I yeah the the Bruce one is probably. Not the, the most accurate, but definitely the, the one that resonates the most with me. <laughs> I think T- I agree. TCB, baby. TCB. All right. I don't know where, where are we at now. So that was my number two. And number one. Elvis. Okay. My number one is the big standoff at the end of the movie. Yeah, same. Yep. Yeah. Um, Mine as well. I, I just like how that movie... It doesn't. The movie doesn't feel like it's building to that the entire time, but the last third of the movie, you can see it's finally like it's starting... You can see it building to that, and then when it happens, it's pretty gold. Still, the random uh, pillow feathers flying through the air, they all of a sudden it's like a John Woo movie or something. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, a little weird for this movie, but uh, whatever, there, it was there cool. There was a Chow Yun Fat movie on at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it seemed like it was hard-boiled or something. Yeah, I might have. And Free Jack. Free, Free Jack, Jack is also yes. in this movie. Yeah, yeah Free, Free Jack for some reason. <laughs> yeah, pretty epic. You guys add to it since you guys talked, like, number one as well. Oh, it's so just awesome. The cops come in, and there's two freaking bodyguards with their machine guns don't want to give in. It's like, I thought, it, I, I forgot about this scene because I haven't seen this movie in a while. So I thought, it's like, oh shit, the guards, you know probably put down their guns and then the Sicilians jump in but nope <laughs> the guards are like fucking hate cops so they didn't put their guns down <laughs> the Sicilians finally come in through the side doors like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> yeah and still like even after all that noise nobody's firing a shot which is incredible it's like oh my gosh uh that was just yeah so much tension building up it's like oh fuck what is this? And at the moment, I when I was watching it this latest time, I still couldn't remember what was the trigger, what was the catalyst that made everybody lose their shit. Yeah, this what was, was it. I already forgot. It was Sal Rubinick throwing coffee into Pincho's face. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. don't I don't see who shoots Pincho. No, it was just just in a hail of bullets. Just he random. Was standing okay. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Excuse Sal Rubinick's like indignation <laughs> <laughs> that he's been betrayed was was great. That was uh, just great. Everybody's screaming. He's like, Officer Officer Lewis. I don't forgot his name already. It was Officer Lewis? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> can I, I mean, this has nothing to do with me clearly anymore. <laughs> so can I go, <laughs> please? <laughs> Shut up and stay down. Yeah. How about when he was pointing his dick at? <laughs> and then when they were walking away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it's holding his junk fucking microphone in there. Chris Penn and Tom Sizemore just like loving. I love this guy. Just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're they they're going off about how dumb this guy is, but they're idiots too. So yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, um, oh shit, he's gonna shoot him. He's not gonna shoot him. I, he's yeah, like, he's I, gonna I, shoot him. I did. I did like how how like jockey they were. 
Um, yeah. It's like dumb jocks. And like the chief was like, all right, you got it. Like, it was, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that just made me laugh. Um, the coach putting him in the game. Yeah, I did, I, like you guys were saying, though, I did like that. That was the catalyst was not even a, a gunshot. It was like the two people that nobody was really there for. Well, I guess the cops were kind of there for for them, but um, yeah, definitely the civilians didn't know who they were. Uh, nope. Yeah, he just throws coffee at them, and then that's what that's what starts everything. Uh, I I did like this is actually some really good writing to, to set this all up, uh, where it it all, all it all connects as to why they're all there at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you did have to get that little scene with with Pinchot where he winds up with coke all over his face. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was hilarious. About that. that was pretty funny. Um, and then just hello, officer, <laughs> uh, or having a good day, or I forget what he says exactly. But um, yeah, just the the, the standoff is uh, uh, cool stuff. The actual shooting once it starts, um, <laughs> you feel this is like a movie from '93 with uh, yeah. yeah, but. Uh, the squibs, the bloodbath, the feathers flying everywhere. The Rappaport in a panic throws the case in the air. It gets exploded. Everybody's coked up. Yeah. I'm glad he gets away. I'm glad he makes yeah. it. Yeah. Well, he had the the audition that he got. It's going to be on T.J. Hooker. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I <laughs> thought that was his death sentence. As soon as he got the call back, I'm like, oh, this poor kid has waited his entire life to get this, and now he's going to get killed <laughs> yeah. in this thing. I thought. What, yeah. what do you think he was going to say to Slater before they left, by the way? To Clarence. So they're in the I, in the apartment. Yeah, I thought he was honestly. I thought he was going to go. You know what? You guys, you go this deal. I don't need the money. I got you know, I got the job. I thought he was going to stay at the apartment. Hmm. Like I forgot he actually <laughs> went in there. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, the standoff at the end is is good stuff. Um, I don't know how he survives a bullet to the eye. I was trying to, because I, I remember that. And I was trying to think, was it, did he just get grazed? Like He must have. Did it like, it must the, have the just bullet gone. just kind of like hit his, like, It was bone? a twenty-two. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. right. I, of course. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have gone I, through his skull. Yeah. Twenty-two's can't barely, barely would have pierced the, the cornea. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, like Superman. <laughs> Superman <laughs> Returns. So, yeah, I was right. It was just a twenty-two. <laughs> No, he got grazed. Yeah, I think it just yeah, it got him at the right thing. You know, people shoot themselves in the mouth to commit suicide, and it just they miss everything. That, that is true. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Fight Club. The, uh, the just sun- like Fight Club. Yeah, uh, the sunglasses that that keep getting passed back and forth between him and her. Um, those are the same glasses Elvis. she takes from Buck in Kill Bill. Oh yeah. Is it now the same prop or the same style? I don't know if it's exactly the same prop, but those are the same glasses. Okay. Because we also wore those to Brian's bachelor party in Vegas. (laughs) Hell yeah, we did. (laughs) Can't believe those guys are still drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Legends. (laughs) Can't believe those guys are still alive. (laughs) All right. Any honorable mentions before we rate this movie? Uh, Magic Mountain is nowhere near Los Angeles. Well, I mean, it is, but 
It's the, you'd have to drive for. There, there's yeah, there's no way minutes. like Pinchot would have agreed to go all the way out to Ventura. Yeah, no fucking way. That's true. Anyone in Hollywood does not go out to <laughs> yeah, the valley. Yeah. They don't they go out to Orange County or the valley. They, they stay on Pass Valley. Yeah. 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 For those that don't know what we're talking about, like just watch that skit the Californians on SNL. <laughs> It'll explain everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were in it's not that far, like forty five minutes. No. No, I, I, I No traffic. I, I joke, but if I lived in in Hollywood, I would not go out to Ventura to meet somebody. Nope. It's not in Ventura, though. Yeah, it is. Ventura. Well, but, sorry, Ventura County. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know what the actual city is that it's in. It's in Valencia. Valencia. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's a V. I don't even think it's Ventura. Ventura's too nice for the computer. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. A, yeah, no, it's, it's not <laughs> LA County anymore. No, it's. Uh, oh. It's way the fuck out there, but also, yeah. If you have if you have uh, sex in a phone booth on your bucket list, uh, you're gonna have a rough go of it. Yeah, not too many of those left. Yeah, you're oh. gonna, you're gonna I guess we're all there. taking trips to England, boys. Yep. Although I don't think they really have those there anymore. Either. Yeah, oh, it's a TARDIS. <laughs> it's it's sex in TARDIS. A TARDIS. Yeah. They just keep a couple around for fun. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. And by the way, it is in Los Angeles County. Is Scott, it really? So, yeah. Wow. That shows what I know. I just remember <laughs> it was far. Me and Jon Snow. It is. Well, like I said, it's like a, it's in Santa Clarita. It's uh, or near Santa Clarita, which is, it's far, especially for us in Orange County. But it's not that bad. It's far. without traffic. If you have traffic, then it sucks. God, I don't think I could go any of these rides I fucking, anymore. I, I hate going from one end of Orange <laughs> County to another. I don't. I, the thought of going out to... <laughs> yeah. Like, Jeff, you know where I live. I, 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 You too, Alex. I, I had to go down to Newport like a couple weekends ago, and I was like, ugh. It's <laughs> like 15 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly my point. Jeebus H. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, it's time to rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7, 1 being garbage, 7 being perfection. Uh, I will go first. Uh, this is tough for me. It's uh, I've only seen it the one time, but you know what? I do want to see it again. I'm gonna give it a low six because I really did like it more than like say last, last couple of movies I've given five. So it's above those. If I can watch it again later on, it, it may drop to a five or it may become a real solid six. So that's my rating for this six, Alex. Well, mine is a solid six. I really like this movie. Even though I haven't seen it in years, uh, I always remember uh, having a, a good time with this movie. It's fun. It's a, it's a, a roller coaster of emotions. All right. And Scott. Uh, tough for me also. Um, overall, this movie felt like a series of vignettes that didn't necessarily all tie together. Um there's some individual great stuff going on here. A lot of rough edges. Uh, but I just was never super into it. So uh, a four for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. All right. And with that, it's for our cross. <coughs> sorry. It's time for our crossover topic, which is our top five Mexican standoffs. Wait, it's not our, our top five Tarantinos? No. <laughs> But almost is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked. We've done standoffs before. 
But we haven't done technically Mexican standoffs before. Do, do, well, we've done, like, gunfights and shit like that, right? Or I, I literally have my list. When we get to... Well, I don't want us to spoil it because one of the movies we did had a crossover that led to standoffs. Okay. But. Well, I, I tried to... My, I think mine is, is all qualified as just as standoffs. Like, maybe gunfights too, but but also, like, pure standoff. Anyway, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what people have. I would go first, and my number five actually starred a guy who made a little appearance in this movie when he was getting his hamburgers, and the guy was reading uh, a magazine about Elvis. It's The Rock. The Rock. Oh, that's what that guy is from. Okay. Yeah, do you guys recognize him? Yeah, I did. Well, I mean, not super well, obviously, but I was like, <laughs> "What's bothering you?" Talking me. about? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like it. Who's the rock the... man? Well, do you remember the guy from True Romance? So when yeah. he's buying the hamburgers, when she's getting beat up at the house, and he's reading the magazine. Oh, that's right. I did recognize him while watching this movie. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Chuck my about. million bucks out of you. Anyway, yeah. the the Mexican standoff when uh, well, I can't forget his name now. Uh, Ed Harris won't actually fire the missiles, and they're like basically fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. What fucking money? There's no fucking money. <laughs> God damn that it! <laughs> that scene. So, uh, The Rock is my number five. Alex, you mean this sidearm? There you go. Uh, my number five is <laughs> Escape from L.A. Oh, I gotta watch that movie again because I remember hating it when I watched it at a drive-in as a kid. But I don't know; it's so fucking batshit that I might love it now. But um, in this one, Snake Plissken was up against two other two other dudes and everything. It's like, all right, looks like we got ourselves a Mexican standoff here. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, "Tell me what we're gonna do." And he grabs a can from the ground. And he's like, we're gonna "Throw this in the air. When it hits the ground, we start shooting." Ready? And he throws it up in the air. <laughs> While they're looking up, he just shoots both the other guys. That was awesome. I remember, I remember that from the tra- from the trailer. <laughs> that whole scene was like the trailer. I remember watching it at the Cynodome. Like every movie I saw that summer had that <laughs> in it. That's awesome. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, number five. All right, uh, my number five is not a Mexican standoff, but an uh, Allies and Access standoff. In Inglorious Bastards, uh, Ooh, okay. the, the Very nice. underground, a higher on my list, un- underground, I guess, bar, tavern, Ratskiller, mm-hmm. yeah, right in the Ratskiller, in the Ratskiller, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> where they're they're playing celebrity game, whatever the fuck it's called, um, and uh, yeah, one uh, Till Schweiger has like a knife in the guy's dick, and then the other guy's got a gun and. Yeah, and Fassbender says, well, I might as well die speaking the Queen's English. Yes. Uh, after he fucks up and holds up the wrong type of three fingers. Mm-hmm. The the dry, whatever. Uh, anyway, then then shit goes down. And uh, only one person lives through the whole thing. So. Yeah, let's go on. I'll talk a little bit more about it later. Um my number four, the first uh, Quentin Tarantino item on my list, is Pulp Fiction. And this will be the scene with um, the Wallace's bad motherfucker on it. The, the robbery scene at the diner with... Oh, I can't remember anybody's names now. Sam Jackson and... Um, Tim Roth. 
Tim Ring, Roth. Ringo. Oh my gosh. Ringo. Oh my gosh. Ringo and and uh, Honey Bunny. Is it Honey Bun? Honey Bunny. Honey Bunny. Honey Bunny. Yeah. Say, bitch, be cool. <laughs> bitch, be cool. That just whole thing is awesome. Guy picked the wrong day slash right wrong person slash right day to, to rob somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole and the whole just Sam Jackson is just nails that scene. And when when uh when Travolta comes out of the bathroom, if you give your money to him, I'll shoot him on principle. <laughs> Vince, shut the fuck up. I gotta go pee. <laughs> That's my number four. Pulp Fiction. Nice. Alex. My number four is a great standoff from Shaun of the Dead. Uh, right after a very sad moment when Sean's mom passes away from a zombie bite. And a very insensitive, but also technically correct, uh, asshole friend, what's-his-face with the glasses, comes up with the with the rifle, says, we got a shooter. It's like, you're not shooting my mom, and then everybody starts wigging out a bit. He's got the rifle, and then uh, what's-his-face, Nick Frost has the corkscrew. And then his girlfriend is like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem fair. I don't have anything. So I think it was Nick Frost that breaks a bottle and just hands the jagged piece over to her so she has a weapon to point at somebody else. <laughs> uh, that was great. Those guys are so funny. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, number four. Number four, also not a Mexican standoff, but a Chinese standoff Ooh. from Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, they're, in the, they're in the back alleys, and, and Wang is explaining to Jack Damn to it, not make a move. And uh, the uh, Wing Kong and the um, shit, the, help me out here, Alex. Xing Xing Sang? No. Sang Xin? No. I'm pretty sure it's that. I'm pretty sure it's that. But uh, any, anyway, um, these two groups, like one of them's having a funeral profession. profession procession mm-hmm. and uh yep they there's a big standoff and uh they start off by shooting and then just switch to melee which is fucking awesome it is awesome and then the storms show up and, and supernatural things start happening mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah number four big trouble in little china nice all right nice uh my number three is my next quentin tarantino item on here and that's reservoir dogs uh my number three also at the at the end with um, three guys, and the cool thing about this one is that they all shoot each other. Like it's a Mexican standoff, and they all fire. I remember I rewound that scene like twenty times in a row to figure out like what is the exact order of who's shooting who. <laughs> who shot first? Yeah, exactly. That's the hell of it. But right, it's Chris Penn. It's uh, his dad. Right, is that the second guy? And then. The wolf. Uh, Why can't I remember anybody's name? Mr. Mr. White. Yeah. Mr. Orange. And then is that the th- who is it? It's Chris Penn. It's him. And who is the, who's the third one? Is it the dad or is it? Yeah, it was El- Elaine Bennis's dad. What's his? Yeah, face? exactly. Okay. Also, the security guard who caught Bart stealing the video game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Catfish. <laughs> Don't want you in my store. Catfish. <laughs> Catfish. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, the, the awesome standoff. They all shoot each other, and then you find out the heart. When uh, what's his, Harvey Keitel finds out that Tim Roth was yeah, undercover yeah, all along. 
was uh, it's just heartbreaking. It is. For them thugs, it was still heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that's my number three. So, well, Alex, that was your number three as well? Yep. All right. Scott, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is also not a Mexican standoff, but we're getting closer. <laughs> uh, this this one it actually might have like, some Mexican people in it I don't remember in like real life but it the the old OK Corral uh, namely the the scene from Tombstone if we're going to get specific here oh that's uh, my number two where they, they march down the street they, uh, they give Doc the street howitzer <laughs> as they call mm-hmm. it um and uh, they they walk up the herbs. Um The whole thing is just fucking like badass. Like, yeah, the whole thing is like testosterone power fantasy. But who cares? It's so fucking cool. It's uh, like a random house on fire as they're walking down. Yeah, the street like there's like a fire in the background for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They walk up and they're they're all hungover and uh, they're they're facing off. And Virgil tells them this is what he wants. And and then Val Kilmer winks at. Uh, at Lowell from Wings. Yeah. And uh, sideways he gets that here. look in his eyes. Yeah. And oh, then, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Get to five, now get to running. Uh, it's yeah, so bad. hike. So, yeah. I don't think I'll allow you to arrest us today, Behan. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You're all <laughs> under arrest. <laughs> that stupid fucking cane. Done my good deed for the day. You guys, we watch all these movies. I mean, True Romance was good, but like now I want to watch uh, Big Trouble Little China <laughs> and Tombstone. So <laughs> Back to and back. Poor dogs. Yeah, we should have a Russell uh, Marathon. Russell Crow Marathon? Kurt Russell Marathon. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's Russell Crow. Why don't you take a picture of your vagina? <laughs> Fighting around the world. <laughs> All right, uh, on to my number two. Scott already mentioned this. This is the Inglorious Bastard scene. Uh, really cool. Everything you already said. But the best part is at the end when Brad Pitt's like talking down from below, above to the guy, like the one remaining guy down there. And he, he pretty much says, what we got here is a Mexican standoff. The <laughs> <laughs> whole thing. And, uh, his stupid accent. Giggly Annie. <laughs> Bonjour, no. Uh, <laughs> That movie is probably the one I came out of that movie mad. I did not like that movie, and every single time I watch it, it's like it's. I like it more and more. So. Why? Because they kill Hitler. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, that's one of the things. Was like not that they kill Hitler, but it's like yeah, the whole twist on history. And, uh, I I used to just, just like angry it. And just, angry every time Eli Roth opens his mouth. <laughs> yeah. I think I just didn't like it because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie and every scene is just people talking at a table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But is, like that that's all that movie is. That is but true. like they're all awesome scenes though. <laughs> it's, yeah, I know. And then what's his face? Uh Landa Jew Hunter, whatever I forgot what his Landa, name Landa, is. Landa Landa Landa. Just mm-hmm. that the first scene in the the farm, and then the scene with her again at the uh that, German, that's, at the that's banquet scene with place. her in the restaurant. Yeah, is like not just the best scene in that movie, but like a hard time finding a better one. I think. Oh, it's good. He, he orders yeah. the glass of milk. And, yeah. Oh yeah. God. And then she makes the audible gasp. The whole audience does when he finally walks away, and she finally just like. <gasps> <That's awesome>. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the scene I'm talking about, but <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> Alex, number two. Uh, also, Tombstone, the shootout at the OK Corral. Badass. All right. Scott, number two. Okay, so uh, this one is my favorite scene in a in a movie that we, we all greatly enjoyed. Um, I think we, we... It feels like we did the podcast on this one recently, but it was probably like years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that would be Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. Uh, <laughs> when yeah. the, when Ron and, and then the channel five news team, channel four news team, I forget what the channel numbers, but they take a wrong turn. They wind up in this back alley behind a bunch of like warehouses. And then the other news team show up and it turns into like this West side story thing. And it's all so fucking, even for that movie, like even within the logic of that movie, it's so over the top and ridiculous. <laughs> this this brawl that breaks out, uh, they they make rules because they're all like on TV, so no touching of the hands or face. And then Ben Stiller shows up representing the Mexican news channel. <laughs> Como están, bitches? <laughs> and then like when when Ron's laying down the the rules about the no touching the hands and face, it cuts to. Um, ben Stiller again, and he says, "Of course, of course." <laughs> it, that, it's so fucking ridiculous, and you know, Brick stabs a guy. And <laughs> I saw that. We need to really talk jump, to you about that. <laughs> really jump up a notch. <laughs> He's like uh, riding a bear at one point in the middle of the fight, yeah, walking around with a grenade. Yeah, that's at the end, but walking around scene. with a grenade. Yeah. Oh. yeah, gets uh, Luke Wilson and his arm chopped off. How did I not Come see on. that coming? <laughs> Uh, Tim so uh, Scott, we did that almost exactly two years ago. Did we? Okay, yeah. March wow. 2019. Wow. We called it uh, Tim Robbins is the PBS guy. Uh, <laughs> no commercials, no mercy. No mercy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they all have just ridiculous weapons, and that's uh, oh, a fucking great scene. All right, uh, my number one is. Has a Mexican in it. Well, uh, suppo- it's supposed to be the same. To, supposed to be a Mexican, <laughs> not really a Mexican. By, by 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 way of Yonkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, the best is my number one. Um, sounds like you guys have stuff to talk about. So this is when we reviewed this movie. Our our topic was top five standoffs. So really, uh, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, our lists have to be different now, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know what you're... I mean, I just know what my list is, but... Um, yeah, that's do, why I, I try to, to keep to it to Mexican list. standoffs. Well, technically, mm-hmm. this isn't a Mexican standoff, because I always thought that everyone's pointing the guns at each other was technically what a Mexican standoff is. Yeah. So this one is... This is more of a, a duel, but whatever. This counts. Yeah, this counts. There's three of them. Uh, exactly. <laughs> There's three of them, and one of them's supposed to be Mexican, so... Yeah. Do? Well, four if you count the rally monkey. <laughs> Yeah, the rally right. monkey. <laughs> they, this is one of those. They, they, oh, they, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, yeah. They they cut damn it. The rally monkey into that scene, and, the, and, oh, and it's great. Bring up the rally monkey game when we do sports, because I'm gonna bring something up there. Um. Anyway, yes. Whatever we've talked about the scene enough. It's it's badass. The tension's great. Eye movements, and the music, and the tension. Everything. All right, Alex. Same. Same. Yeah. All right. 
Nothing to add? Nope. Seems awesome. All right, and Scott. Uh, also my number one all-timer. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't remember if it's a fistful of dollars or a few dollars more where they have the little pocket watch and it's playing the music and they fire at the end of that one. That one's okay. Would, Not nearly as good as yeah. this, but it's a pretty good one too. I want to say it's for a few dollars more. Okay. But it's yeah, the, it's the one where Lee Van Cleef is the good guy. Yes. Whichever one that is. I can't remember. For a few dollars more, I think. Okay. <laughs> All right. Any honorable mentions? Um, that's it for me. Um, yeah. I don't think we covered it. Probably stuff from my original list. <laughs> I don't know if there's any Mexican standoffs in, like, Red Dead. I don't remember any. Yeah. She's like, there's standoffs. I was thinking, like, End of Die Hard... I was like, Die Hard Three, where they're in the elevator. Remember when he gets in? The, the, the Germans are pretending to be the security oh, guards, it, and that one's yeah. kind of yeah. Uh, Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, also an elevator. Mm-hmm. All right, it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So I'm kind of at a existential crisis here oh when i was looking for news Uh-oh. and i came across this uh, this little article here on espn that said which team should you root for in the NCAAP tournament and it got me to thinking who should who should i root for why don't i already know who to root for in this uh, tournament the the, the NCAAP tournament <laughs> yeah the double uh, a mco tournament Alex, you're being awful right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All their logos suck, except for this one that kind of looks like Wonder Woman. So I think I'm going to root for them. What are you talking about right now? I, I, I want to see you about the NCAA tournament, because March Madness is coming up. Or Is it even happening this year or no? I think they're going to do it because it's too much money for them not to. Yeah, they're, they're doing it. Okay. Well, yeah, they they, just, they thing... were doing the Pac-12 tournament. I don't say that's any different. So just pick the college that you went to. Are they are you oh. in a tournament? Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Art Institute. Art Institute. <laughs> nope, they're not in it. I hear they're, I, Alex, I hear they're undefeated in all sports. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they are. We're the best. Uh, what, w, I'm trying to think of what school that might be. Uh, Washington? Any of the Washingtons? Nope. Um, West Virginia? That's the one. West, it's pronounced West Virginia. West, by God, Virginia. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Willanova. There you go. <laughs> That's the one. Winnie, weedy, weeky, Willanova. I seriously, I'm not a big college sports guy, but I just cheer for. Since we're, if it's baseball, I'll cheer for like Long Beach or Fullerton. That's because. That's the only sports they play. And and, and football, I don't care UCLA or USC. Just, I'll, it's kind of who I'll cheer for. But I don't really have a team. I just cheer for the close guys. You cheer for the Buns of Usk? Then you root for the Lakers. Hey, Jeff. Oh, when I, when I watch basketball, I definitely root for the Lakers. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is never. <laughs> no, I watched it last year. I just don't choose to watch it a lot, but Lakers, like, 
was one of my first basketball was one of my first sports I did watch as a kid. Back then with Magic Johnson and everybody like that was yeah, it was a good thing. time. And to then be, to be a fan, it yeah. just conflicts with my I love hockey and it's on at the same time and it's just I have to pick and. But I was actually watching the game tonight. They were playing uh, the stupid NorCal team. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings? Yeah. No, the other shitty NorCal oh, <laughs> team. The Islanders? The, the Warriors. Oh. Yeah. I was actually watching a bit of it. I did, I did, Jeff, I did see a bumper sticker the other day that said, uh, on somebody's car, obviously, uh, that said, Shit make, make hockey oh. violent again. I don't know there what that's all about. Hockey's not that violent anymore. Is there is there like some weird thing with like old timers, Jeff, where they like or old fans where they feel like the game's gotten softer or something in hockey? Yeah, it's the same with every sport. In football, you can't hit the quarterbacks anymore. Yeah, in baseball, I, you can't throw at the hitters anymore. It's the same thing. It's you can't, you can't murder reason we catchers. Don't want our athletes yeah, having yeah. brain tumor like <laughs> concussion yeah, syndromes after they're thirty eight, and so we're trying to protect them, and yeah, that makes people have a problem with that. Oh, bunch of pussies. It's you know. I think they yeah. they pretty much phased goons out of the game, right? Like enforcers. Yeah, goons are phased out. They're still fighting, but definitely not like it used to be. Um, yeah, it's people will complain, but for the most part, it's fine. It's just the few. Yeah, but I talked about sorry for sports. You mentioned the rally monkey, so I was like, yes. I'm getting ready for baseball. I went on Spotify. I'm like, I wonder if there's an Angels baseball playlist on Spotify. Uh, <laughs> And then I found Is it all it, train like, songs? Well, I was going to say, like, hey, Scott, if you could pick five songs synonymous with the Angels, what, like, what would they be? Um, Three should be easy. Uh, in the Arms of an Angel, number one. <laughs> um, like, songs... Okay, so songs that that somebody would be like, oh, this is Angel-related? Is that... If you're thinking of Angels Baseball, what three songs would you think of? Somebody Kill Me, Please. <laughs> okay. That's nice. a funny answer, but not the right answer. Okay, okay. Um, so, I, I, I can't but think of the songs. We Need a Pitcher, Not a Belly Itcher. Sure, that's another mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Is is the, the song from Rad in there? Send Me an Angel? No. Come on, Damn Scott. It. You've been to an Angel game before. What songs yeah. do they play at Angel? No, no, games? it's always they always play Don't Anderson they, Sandman. Don't they play? Um, uh, they always play uh, that song train by Train. Song. Come on, everybody, and write it up. Right, that Scott, one. you fail. It would be calling all angels, mentions. huh? Calling all angels, whatever that is. Yes, okay. that'd be one. What's the one before that? I don't. Or know. maybe after that, Spirit of what is it? The, the Wolf. Darn, darn, darn. Oh, that was totally wrong. <laughs> Spirit of the Wolf. The song they play when they're like taking the field or announcing the lineup. Why can't okay. we be friends? From Apollo 13, they play friends? at the beginning with Paxton Spinner. Oh, whatever. This is going nowhere. <laughs> oh, Angel in the Sky? Or yes. City in the Sky? So, uh, sky. Uh, okay. Yeah, Angel. I, I would. I'm I would have, gonna the place you know that's the best. And then the Rally Monkey song, the Disturbed song. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> And then the rest are just random songs. Oh, right, that was that went nowhere. I'm sorry. Yeah. For, uh, time for Neam News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta cut myself off. It's it was yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a weird day. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. So no no Marvel stuff this week. Uh, we get a break, a reprieve. Um, so maybe this episode won't be two hours long. Too long. Um, so 
Did you watch the making of? I did not watch it yet. No. It's not that good. <laughs> so I will get around to it. Yes, there, there is that, the making of that is out there now. Um, oh, Disney Plus did release a couple other things, right? There was the... I don't know, maybe you watched Alex. The, is it Ravi? Ravi? Oh, Raya and the Last Raya, Dragon. Raya, thank you. Yes, that movie is great. Okay. I love that movie. Yeah, so I'll have to check that one out. Um, I think something else got released too, but I don't know. That, that, that's uh, like Tom a and Jerry. Uh, on HBO Max, yeah. For a limited <laughs> yeah. time, I guess. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so, um, you know, next week we will have uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier to talk about. Um, so we will either do a separate one or, or <laughs> tag it on to the end of one of these. We'll, we'll have to talk about that, but, uh, we will be talking about that one way mm-hmm. or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so just some, some light news. Otherwise, uh, I, I don't know how I stumbled upon this today. It was just one of those things where I went down the rabbit hole and I saw somewhere that Edgar Wright was working on an adaptation of Running Man. Boo. Mm. Like the no. Korean variety show? Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who knew that he was, yeah. he was a fan of uh, Korean television? Um, yeah, well, it's a great show. It was. So, I'm interested to... to I'm, I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely been waiting for too long, I think, to see what his next thing was. Um, you know, I, I really like Baby, Baby Driver, but I didn't love it like I did his other stuff. Um, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. hoping to, to get something more online with uh, at least on that level of enjoyment. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious to see. I, I, I think it'd be closer to the source material. Or maybe it would just be completely bonkers and you take it in the other direction. Um, the, yeah, the the original novel is is much different. No big surprise there from, mm-hmm. from the Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, uh, it was a Stephen King novel, right? Right, under his, like, under his pseudonym... Um, like Richard Bachman yep. or something like that. <laughs> Kevin, naked. Kevin Singh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sting? Kevin Sting? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just an interesting thing that I thought of, or that, that I saw that, that got me thinking of you know, what that might look like. You know, big budget sci-fi movie. I mean, World's End is, is kind of that, but not. I don't think the scale is really the same. Um Mm-hmm. So that could be cool, and and in doing that, I saw that he has a movie One Night in Soho that I think has been delayed due to to everything with with COVID. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. That should pop up some point this year. Um, kind of hoping it goes direct to <laughs> one one of the the streaming services, uh, just so I can watch it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, anything new from Edgar Wright. Um. So that's that. Uh, I I did an impulse buy over the weekend, and and bought the Lord of the Rings 4K. Uh, <laughs> so I've not sat down to watch it yet, but I did crack it open. Um, it is the none of the extras, which is fine, because I don't think those would have been in 4K anyway. Uh, would have been nice if they were there though. But yeah, just to reconfirm, I think I read this somewhere already and we talked about this earlier. The uh, the extended versions are both two discs, which is absolute horseshit. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason for that. The only thing I can think of is that 
two like 25 gigabyte Blu-ray discs are cheaper than one 50 gigabyte or however much space it, it takes. So I, mean, the, I don't even know how much it, it takes to put the 4K on there, to be quite honest. Um, but it just seems like just saving a little bit of money is why they did this because uh, I, I don't know. You could still have the intermission in the middle if you really wanted it. Uh, but yeah, and then it also comes with the theatrical versions on one disc. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll be so looking forward to, to popping this in, though. Uh, going full 4K. Uh, get to Get to see all the, see how well all the, the makeup and everything holds up. Uh, this, I think this is where, like, doing practical effects will really shine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like my uh, 4K version of Blade Runner. It looks amazing because it's all, like, practical stuff or models or... Or just the way that they filmed it um, just holds it better than just pure digital, um, like, CGI fuckery. So. I think the one thing that may stand out is, like, the dummies or the mask that you, when they were, the little people, when they would replace with, you know, Frodo and Sam and them. Like, <laughs> yeah. That might show up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't look too closely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward I don't to know that. how to swim. Vigo, <laughs> I don't know how to swim. Uh, and then finally, uh, got the the Oscars coming up toward the end of April, which I I thought they were usually held toward the beginning of March. Um, mm. At any rate, I have not seen a damn thing on this list. I don't know, maybe something in the special effects. I didn't really look, but uh, yeah, just looking through the actor list. Um, Riz Ahmed uh, for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Steven Yoon for Minari. Minari. Um, did not see any of those. Um, going down to the actresses, Viola Steven Davis. Did get his eye put back into place or no? <laughs> they brought him back to life. Um, yeah. Uh, actress uh, Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of Woman, Frances McDormand in Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Did not see any of those. Uh, we're not really going to go through many more of these, but jump down to directing um, Another Round by Thomas Vinberg, Vinberg, Mank, David Fincher, Minari, Lee Isaac Chung. Uh, Nomadland, uh, Chloe Zhao, uh, Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennel, did not see any of that. And then finally, The Best Pictures. Um, just passed it. Tom and Jerry. So, The Father, I haven't even heard of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I've heard anything you've mentioned so far. Yeah. Sure. Um, at least I've heard of these movies that, that I'm mentioning. Yeah. But, I heard that um, was really good. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah. Mank, I can see why Mank is getting nominated because it's like old Hollywood bullshit. I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's good, but <laughs> but nothing Hollywood loves nothing more than than like rewarding itself. So uh, anyway, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Minari, uh, Nomadland, Promising a Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven uh, are the Best Picture nominees. Um, Sound of Metal, the the Riz Ahmed one. Um, I was looking at this today. It looks interesting. It's a, about a, a heavy metal drummer who loses his hearing um, and having to deal with that, I guess. 
then he spontaneously combusts at the end of the movie <laughs> maybe um, like trial of chicago 7 i think was direct like so like finally getting i think covid definitely helped with this hollywood's kind of at least for these awards are getting over the whole streaming thing because like sound of metal and trial of chicago 7 i don't think ever went into a theater proper um, yeah, this is the same thing as you're asking about old guys and like not liking hockey violence going out from hockey it's the same thing yeah. as these old guys thinking if it doesn't release in a movie theater it's not a real movie and yeah. it's gotta be dumb on film and not digital like, it's just whatever yeah so then uh, other stuff that, that I didn't see um, but uh, yeah thought thought worth running down I thought about like for a split second like wow we should try to watch all these but they're all like drama pieces and yeah four <laughs> hours long and like half of them i'm sure are depressing as fuck i i, I don't <laughs> necessarily want to put myself through that it was like nope as as good as parasite was which we actually oh, made an effort to, to go see like i don't know that i could i could do 10 of those a year yeah <laughs> no <laughs> or having your eight in this case one two three four Mm-hmm. Six, seven, yeah, eight movies. Good though, man. Yeah, no, it's it's in. it's really good. like I bet if we sat down and watched all these, we'd be like, wow, this is really good. But like, we wouldn't be super right. hot to like we we would want to like turn around and watch Commando afterward. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> oh, hell yeah, I could watch Commando right now. Uh, Damn it, now I gotta watch Commando, <laughs> Big Trouble, Little China, and China, Tombstone, Tombstone. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, actually, let me jump up to animated picture real quick, but. Uh, <laughs> Where did it go? Animated feature film. Um, onward. Over, over the moon. A Sean the Sheep movie. Really good. Farmageddon. Soul and Wolfwalkers. So that's actually, a pretty. Two of those that's actually a pretty solid. Like I don't. I don't even know what Over the Moon is, but um. Oh, that's the. Uh... Uh, what's him call it? Glenn King, he he's the one that did that movie. He's the same like uh, animation right. director that did Beauty and the Beast. Okay, he's a legend, living legend in the animation circle. Okay, okay, yeah, um, it's it's really good. Yeah, this looks like a very solid uh, Wolfwalkers. I I saw a little bit of that. That that's very interesting. Uh, I haven't even heard of that movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm a big uh, Shaun the Sheep fan, so. <laughs> Uh, the Wallace and Gromit movie, either kind of stuff. The, oh, okay. That's where that spawned out of the Creature Comforts. I see. Uh, but uh, anyway, yep. That's that's basically all I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to go over? Yeah, just real quick. Raya and the Last Dragon was a fantastic film. It's it's funny. It's got everything. It, it's humorous. Uh, it's missing a couple things though. There's, uh, well, it's, you know, it's an animated and it's a film. So a lot of stuff gets compacted. There's a lot of stuff that I wish they would have expanded on some of the characters. Um, you don't really get to see like a lot of the characters have like their little moments, which I thought was a missed opportunity. But for the most part, this movie is fantastic and great, like really great fight choreography there's a, a few scenes that are just like amazing so i would recommend yeah cool all right mm-hmm. i'm gonna try to check it out uh, anything else 
Nope, that's it. All right, Jeff, anything you want to go over? I don't think so. I mentioned I was watching the Tiger Woods documentary. Finished that. If I hadn't already last time we talked. Um, I just saw there's an... I'm start, I just started watching right before we came in here. There's a new Pirates documentary on Netflix. So it's it's about you know the real Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean, however you want to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those where they have actors, you know, read... You know, reenacting <laughs> everything. It's are they? Drunk? I don't know. I, I was already kind of over it, but I'm, I'll give it a little more, uh, a little more time. We'll see if I keep watching it. Got and, to give uh, it more time. Yeah. Since I was doing HBO, I started watching the newsroom again, which I had watched years <laughs> ago, and uh, the first few episodes were good, but I don't think I want to watch all three seasons, so I may just abort that at some point. But for some reason, I had the new I had the yeah. urge to watch some. You know, I, 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 I'm I Aaron Sorkin fan. Like, this this was, like, pre-achieving for him. <laughs> but I, pretty much that oh, yeah. show, like, everything that, that wasn't, like, um, Jeff Daniels or what's her name? Um, the, yeah, the girl. Yeah, Emily like, Mortimer or whatever. Yeah, Emily, thank you. Emily Mortimer. Like, all the other side stories, I was just kind of like, eh. Like, let's get back to, to them. Like I when, agree, when, the, when when Sam Watterson shows up every once in a while, it's fucking gold too. But, uh, yes, like the 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 one where they uh, about uh, Bin Laden. <laughs> it's so good that episode. I don't remember it, but yeah, if if you want to skip ahead of that one, that one's that one's worth a watch. Yeah, I just I, yeah, it's super preachy, and it's also just super like hindsight's twenty. This is how you do reporting. You wait till all the facts are in. Like, that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that okay, stuff cool. Here. You know what happens? And there's I don't know if you remember when it was the Arizona congresswoman got shot, and like all the other news reports like pronounce her dead, but not us. We have to wait, and then she's ended up still being alive, and they took credit for that. I'm like, it's bullshit, but whatever. It's smart people <laughs> talking about smart things, and I was just like, I was like. Man, I wish it was. I wonder what the show would have been like, covering recent events. Like I don't know. It's that kind of entered my mind, but um, yeah, it's a little too too much. But you know, I did watch it. And uh, there's one other thing I can't remember. So that's it. I think. All right. I think this is one of our shorter Winter Soldier. So what was that? Looking forward to the Winter Soldier. Yep. Or whatever it's called that we're watching. Universal Soldier. <laughs> The Universal Winter Falcon. Mm-hmm. I think it's the full time. Mr. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay. All right. Uh, with that, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Be excellent to each other. Yep. Get your shots if you can. We at Hans Shot First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shot First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.